0: Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined by Scotty White here with you Monday, January 3rd. A Happy New Year to you all as we get ready to go for uh, the release of the podcast on Tuesday, January 4th. Or if you're with us live here on Monday night on the Mesa Brew YouTube page, welcome. Don't forget to comment. Give us your thoughts as uh, we're going to recap the Orange Bowl here tonight and have a celebration of team 142. I want to do that. You know, we're going to look back at the entire year as we can now view it as a whole. You know, there there's nothing, you know, more to like, look forward to. There's no uncertainty left with this team. We know it as a whole, we're going to celebrate the accomplishments of team 142 in a tremendous year that it was Scotty white. What's going on, buddy? How you doing here tonight?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Um, unfortunately not as, uh, not as happy of a Brewcast as we were hoping for but like you said there's still a lot to celebrate from this year um you know it wasn't it was more of the season just coming to an end that was that was upsetting on on new year's eve just because of how much fun it was um but i mean nothing to to be disappointed about after such a successful season
0: yeah absolutely man um i i did you know, we we kind of talked ourselves into it last week on the show, and I think over the last three weeks, you know, since the Iowa game, and, and I think we let the the way Bama played them kind of creep into it a little bit. You know, yeah. when we were talking about the game last week, like, oh, who is George really played? Yada yada yada. But here's the thing, man, is that we overuse words a lot, like generational and things like that. So mm-hmm. when you heard that is a generational defense, you're like, yeah, I feel like I've heard that before and whatnot. And then it turns out that, yeah, this probably is a generational well, yeah. defense.
1: Man, They are a scary good team with freak athletes at every position. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, they – they hadn't played a really, really good team except for Bama, and I think that I think that that Bama game was the wake-up call that they need because that was a scary Georgia team that Michigan played in the Orange Bowl.
0: Yeah, when I saw you know Blake Corum get chased down by a linebacker who came yeah. across the field in motion with him, I was like, "That's what I was like." Oh man! Yeah. And then also on the other side of the football, I think it was one play. And I believe it was, it was coming to the left. We pulled the and we're trying to run like kind of sort of an outside counter Mm -hmm. and the got blown up by a linebacker. I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a long night. I think.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was the, uh, the quorum chase down for me too. And that was what was kind of the the big bummer about it is there was really just no fun part of the game. Um, So that, you know, it was it was quick. It was 14-0 yeah. quick, and there wasn't much to cheer about. Um, but, yeah, it has been 765 days since Ohio beat Michigan.
0: Shout-out to T. White for for the update, man. I still follow that Twitter account. I love it. And, and that's the <laughs> thing, too, that we're going to get into. I do want to recap the Orange Bowl, but we're, we're going to get into exactly that in the celebration of this team uh, throughout. But Georgia, I, I mean, offensively, too, they were – you know, that's the thing too, is I, I let myself get tricked into it a little bit, but like SP plus had them as a top 10 offense, you know, yeah. we saw them struggle with Alabama Saw Stets and Bennett struggle a little bit, but then you start to remember that they were up 10, nothing. They looked unstoppable mm-hmm. early in that game. Um, And at the end of the day, Georgia just had a great game plan for yeah. Michigan's defense. You know, they, they were able to contain Michigan's pass rush. They were able to get Brock Bowers open because that dude is an absolute stud. We talked about it a lot last week. How was Michigan going to stop or contain Brock Bowers? They weren't really able to. You know, at the end of the day, he's just a really good player. But, you know, on that stage, I think Michigan and the program – saw the steps that it needs to take to definitely. compete for national championships. So ultimately I still view this as, as a very good experience, oh, you definitely. know, obviously it, it was a beat down. We'll, we'll call the spade a spade here, but they saw what they need to do to get to the next level, which mm-hmm. in the long run, given the personalities and the leadership in this program, in this culture, I, I think it's going to be, you know, it's a negative now, but I think in the future, we're going to look at it as a positive.
1: Yeah, and it was also great in the second half um, getting some of those young guys in. Uh, J.J. McCarthy was obviously playing most of the second half through a touchdown pass to another freshman, Andrell Anthony. Um, Donovan Edwards got in on the two-point conversion. Um, so, you know, getting those guys' experience on the biggest stage is great. Uh, but like you said, they really they game-planned perfectly for Michigan. I mean, they didn't let um, Hutchinson and Ojabo have a huge impact in terms of pressure on the quarterback. Because right. they got the ball out quick, they got it over the sideline, and everybody was over there blocking, and they were still able to get big chunk plays out of you know short passes and stuff like that. Um, they executed, and they had a great game plan, and it worked very well.
0: And I also think, like, look, Georgia was the better football team mm-hmm. through and through. I don't know if anything on the first drive necessarily changes the entire outcome of the game. But I also, I don't want to get revisionist, I think Michigan responded after that first Georgia touchdown drive. They got a few first downs, they got across midfield, and they had two opportunities. The tight end delay on third down, it gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Ultimately, that is kind of one of the knocks on Cade McNamara. We we had to talk about it a lot here this year. I think it was the Penn State game, he had two, I, mean, I think he had yeah. two passes that he threw into the helmet of his offensive lineman like that was a concern all year Georgia was able to take advantage of that and he just missed the throw on fourth down it yeah. was there and maybe you know if one of those things happens and they go down and they answer that score I again I think Georgia wins this game right uh maybe they win it by multiple scores but I don't think it necessarily gets as out of hand as it did everything just kind of snowballed after that
1: yeah there were definitely I think Michigan definitely could have played a better game I mean Two interceptions. Um, Grant that first one. I really thought there should have been a, a pass interference on that. But what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one, Blake Corum fumbled. I mean, that's his first fumble of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, those kind of things didn't happen all year. And it was a Murphy's Law win.
0: game for sure, man.
1: Yeah. And you know, even in those points, um, I mean, the second interception was early in the in the second or in the third quarter. Um, you know. Michigan's driving, you know, make it a 27 to 10 game. And it's a 17 point game with, I think I want to say it was around 10 minutes left in the third. Like that's still very much a football game. Right. Um, so there obviously were those those mistakes that that hurt. But like you said, Georgia, I mean, and you see it in the in the recruits that, you know, stars don't always matter. But in this case, it's got to matter a little bit, just the sheer talent that they have on that team. It's It's insane.
0: And how much they were able to dominate at the point of attack mm-hmm. and just kind of out-physical Michigan. It was eye-opening for me, It was. to be quite honest with you, you know, because we saw a lot of people were talking about uh, Ohio State and how they would be a good matchup for Georgia in a potential national championship game before, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia ultimately lost to Alabama. They looked unbeatable, but... I mean, Michigan was able to kind of out-physical Ohio State, and I think Georgia even did that to Michigan even more so. I mean, Michigan got no push up front, and that's a damn good offensive line Michigan has. Uh, T. White just mentioned it, man. He said dogs are crazy good here in the chat, and he is not wrong. They are legit, legit. Just hats off to to a better football team. It's a program that Kirby Smart has really built up. They've had a ton of success, and – That's the kind of program Michigan, I think, at the end of the day, is going to try to emulate. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people have talked about in the past trying to emulate Alabama or Ohio State. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is ever going to emulate one of those programs. The closest thing that they can emulate to compete for national championships is that Georgia program, I think, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, Michigan wants to be a a physical team, run the ball. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we're going to see more of it next year. Um, I mean Blake Coram's gonna be back, Donovan Edwards yep. is gonna be back. Um, so the, the run game should be um uh, should still be looking great next year. Um but yeah, I mean george has got I mean dude, Jordan Davis is six six three, hundred and thirty pounds. I mean he's, he's and he
0: chased down Corum from behind. <laughs> that means it's just he's an alien, man. Yeah,
1: it's it's ridiculous. They they are an insane team and uh I, I honestly am still excited to to watch that national championship game, even though Michigan yeah. won't be in it, that should, that should be a really exciting game. Uh,
0: let me ask you, how do you think, because obviously they ended up turning to JJ McCarthy mm-hmm. uh, once the game was kind of out of hand. How how did you think he played?
1: I thought he played pretty well. Um, I mean, the touchdown pass, uh, Andrew Anthony was wide open, but you know, he put it right in the bread basket. Um, saw a video that, uh, uh, another maze and brew worker uh, trevor woods posted earlier of um, a throw to eric gall just right over the him. middle yeah that dude, was an that impressive was, throw.
0: that was impressive
1: yeah i think dude, i mean jj mccarthy i think i think that he you know he had some freshman mistakes at times this year but i thought he played well and i mean i think he's the i think he's the future for michigan football he, he is crazy talented
0: yeah, he I I liked it, and obviously it's going to be a, a question that we talk about all off season. But you know, I think eventually there will be a, a passing of the torch if JJ is able to mm-hmm. kind of get the offense down and and the coaches trust him to read defenses because the arm talent is just yeah. I mean, it's second to none. He, he makes plays with his legs. The future exactly. is bright yeah. for him. You know, at, at the end of the day here, um, you know, and. Uh, there were other bright spots. I think in the game. I, I think Eric All coming back is going to be huge for Michigan. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You, know, you know, moving forward, uh, Lewis Blake says, "Do you think Dax Hill and Ojabo stay?" I would say Ajabo is almost certainly gone, given that he's not allowed to profit on name, image, and likeness rules because of the NCAA rules. And I believe the U.S. work visa rules, given that he is an international student. So I'd imagine David Ajabo is 100% gone. We'll see on Dax Hill. I'd probably lean at 70-30. I have no inside sources on that, just my opinion, yeah. that I would say Dax Hill is 70-30, leaning ahead into the NFL, certainly talented enough to do so. He'd probably be a day one or day two pick. So uh, we, we'll see what happens there. I think this team's going to have a ton of talent moving forward, though, man.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think I've been – I mean, the season just ended, but I've never been more excited – for a new season to start so fast. I mean, yeah. Now that Michigan finally got that that win over Ohio State that Big 10 championship, all kinds of pieces coming back. And also, I'm not sure if you looked at Michigan's schedule for next year, but there is no reason for Michigan to not be 11 0 going into that Ohio State game. The schedule is bizarre. I don't think there's I think there's one one road game before November. It's what? that I yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it's a bizarre schedule.
0: What in the world? No, I haven't. I haven't really taken a look at it at all. Do they are so? Is the is the game at Washington? Is that just been next because they were scheduled to play there in twenty twenty? I, I I know they were trying to kind of reschedule that. That's not on the schedule for next year.
1: Uh, not. It is not as of now. The non conference schedule is. It's I don't even remember because the teams are so bad. There's no tough non conference game.
0: Oh boy! Can't wait for all that. Oh, Michigan hasn't yeah. played anyone. Michigan hasn't played anyone. You know, November's that's what,
1: all on the road, but I think it's like at at Rutgers, at Indiana, a bye week, and at Ohio State. But going they, into they going into the shoe, no going into the shoe for sure.
0: Man, that'll be that'll be something. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I do want to celebrate. You know, this team. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of why I titled it. Uh What I did and, and what a year, man! Like this but, is the year that the type of year that we, we, I feel like we talked about, we dreamt about for so long, you know, of like, when could this finally happen? Mm -hmm. And I, honestly, man, it definitely lived up to the hype of what exactly I thought it would like kind of feel like throughout the year, you know, a a year like this would feel like
1: it really did. I mean, I think we talked about this too um, after the Ohio state win. It's just kind of, the tough times in the 10 years before this kind of, like it made this season so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, still like, I, I didn't think that I thought that this team, you know, had a different edge to them that kind of the whole year, the whole season. But I mean, up until, I didn't think they were going to beat Ohio state. I'll be honest. They looked Ohio state looked way too good. So just, you know, not really having that much faith, that it would happen and then just that dominant performance and mixed with the past 10 years just made for it's just such an incredible end of the year and the whole season was just so much fun it was
0: it was wild and there were some wild moments this season like when yeah. you think back of it and, and some of the stuff that ultimately needed to go right especially with some road games like you, you go back to the preseason projections and the one thing was like I remember a guy like Phil Steele talking about it a little bit. like he didn't think Michigan was necessarily going to be bad here this year. It was just yeah. the schedule was absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. You had trips to Madison, to Happy Valley, to East Lansing. you had Washington coming in. you you know obviously Ohio State on the schedule. the, the schedule a, a trip to Lincoln as well like this yeah. the schedule was brutal. it was so daunting. And, obviously, uh, to win a Big Ten championship, they obviously needed a couple things to go right. But, like, Michigan always had themselves in a position to where one bounce goes their way and they win the football game. All right. on Nebraska or Penn State, you know. Uh, they yeah. were always in that situation to be able to do that. And that's what, that, that's what was different about this team. You know, they, they talked about it all year. They never blinked. Uh, in this regular season through the Big Ten championship game, man, and it was it was definitely something special, even if at times it was a little bit nerve wracking.
1: Yeah, very very nerve wracking. Um, yeah, and even the even the Rutgers game. Um, yeah, there, I think a lot of people after after that game there weren't many believers in this team. Um, after that, um, but yeah, I mean the Penn State game, the Nebraska game, those. Definitely could have been losses, and like Kate McNamara said, post game, like I think those are games that past Michigan teams usually do lose. Um, yeah, they just had that ability this year to to go make game winning plays. Even the Ohio State game, they've had in the past, they've had those those opportunities to go right. close the door, and it hasn't happened.
0: And this year, it happened. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this, man. Outside of like the Ohio State game. What what do you what would you say your favorite moment of the year was?
1: I would say probably the Penn State game. I thought that that game was. I thought the Wisconsin game was really was really special too. Going going to Madison and going to Happy Valley are things, and getting wins are things that Michigan hasn't been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Penn State game just it, it just felt like. You know, something we've seen so many times where Michigan's going to get this big road win and then everything falls apart at the end. Um, but that that drive at the end, I mean, I like for me, I watching that game, I, I thought the season's done, you know, second mm-hmm. loss. Um, and then that touchdown, Eric, Hall, I was going crazy that that for me, besides Ohio State and obviously like winning the Big Ten um, was right. Know, awesome. But besides those two, I think that was my favorite
0: moment of the year for sure uh for me i think it was the moment where i was like i started to believe that this team might be different i think that was it was the the jump around moment at penn yep. state man Definitely. because that was special that was a close game at that point still it was yeah and like wisconsin was tight on the sideline and michigan just being loose doing the jump around on the field yep. uh, when they came back on the broadcast and they showed that I was like are you kidding like a Jim Harbaugh team yeah. doing that in a close game on the road what that is, is that awesome. I, I mean I, I was kind of blown away and then they they don't want to do what they do in the fourth quarter and I'm like I'm starting to think about it and i, I the whole year I was just trying to not let myself you know believe too much because i've been there right yeah you know i've been there you start (laughs) believing a little bit right and then you get your hopes and dreams crushed in the last game of the year on thanksgiving weekend like i've been there a thousand times but that one i was like man i don't don't know that this feels a little bit different And, and it turned out to be different you know obviously
1: yeah that was that was awesome i mean i I thought the same thing. I got, I had the same thought process, you know, you're like, all right, like this seems different, but I also feel like I have this feeling every year that it's different just because I want it to be. So you don't want to get too hopeful, but yeah, I mean, this team, they did the same thing at Nebraska um, at the end of the third quarter and that time too, like Nebraska had just taken all the momentum and taken the lead at Michigan I think that game is where they really, really show they're not going to flinch. You know, they were up 13 nothing at halftime. Um, all, they lose all the momentum night game on the road and they're still dancing at that time. And then they come out and they make the place to get the win in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, dude, just absolutely crazy. And you think about the adversity uh, that the team went through, especially with losing Ronnie Bell in the yeah. season opener. To be able to come back from that, and do what they did this year, man, is kind of unreal when you look back at it because Ronnie Bell was going to have a vast majority of the targets, a vast majority of the yards, a vast majority of the touchdowns. You know, Mm -hmm. he was a dynamic player on offense and on special teams. He was a monster blow to this offense, Yeah, and they found a way to make it work. Yeah.
1: And credit to all the guys that stepped up. I mean, Michigan's yeah. wide receiver group, Cornelius Johnson, Mike still Andre Anthony, he's going to be huge next year. Um, and Ronnie Bell's coming back. So, I mean, the wide receivers next year, Michigan's going to have an insanely talented I mean, group. they're
0: probably going to have Ronnie, Roman Wilson, yep. Cornelius yeah. Johnson, Andre Anthony. They're all going to be there. I don't know yeah. about Mike's status, obviously, but if they're all coming back, that's I mean, good, good. God, man.
1: Right. I mean, you've got to wonder how much Michigan is still going to want to be a run-first team when you have right. that much talent. If you have JJ McCarthy, the starting quarterback, you know, that's a that's a lot of talent in the passing game.
0: Yeah. It is so. Yeah. This this was man uh, an incredible year. Obviously, the emergence of Aidan Hutchinson too. Well, right. not emergence, but like. I don't even know how how I want to put this. We knew that Aiden Hutchinson was ridiculously talented, but he right. has positioned himself this year to be a top two pick in the n f l draft like yeah. this is what i this is the type of year that I thought. Rashawn Gary was going to have his yeah. uh, third year with Michigan. Just a meteoric kind of rise, sort of like a Von Miller sort of rise to become a number one overall pick or number two overall pick. Yeah. And ultimately that didn't happen with Rashawn, but it has happened here with Hayden.
1: Yeah, I mean, what is... I, I don't think I've ever seen... I mean, he is what... He is the perfect example of those who stay will be champions. That's yes. why he came back. I don't. I've never seen... Uh, a Michigan player like that just just be on on such a mission to to bring success to the program and just care about the pro- like you can just you can just tell how much he loves Michigan how much he loves playing for Michigan I mean there that's the perfect player that you want playing for your favorite college football
0: team 100%. 100% and then you know obviously one of the best stories, you know, not only for Michigan, but in college football was the, the emergence of David Ojabo. I think we could yeah. use that word for His him. story
1: is amazing. yeah,
0: un- Unreal. Mm-hmm. And what he was positioned to be able to do. I mean, a huge credit obviously goes with the coaching staff changes. Mike McDonald coming in and, and finding better ways to, to use these talented individuals. Um, and that's a whole other story on the year, man. Like everyone this offseason – uh, they revamped the entire coaching staff for the yeah. most part. Like Josh Gattis is one of – Josh Gattis, Jay Harbaugh, and a couple other guys were the only guys that returned from last year. And they were like, well, what – you know, how is this going to go? You yeah. lose Mo Linguist, like what, uh, in August I think it was, yeah, when, it was when Linguist took the Buffalo job, then you late. get Scale, And just their ability to da- adapt on the fly and interject a new – Attitude and a new energy into the program. I think it all personally started with Mike Hart, you know. But uh, I mean, just tremendous.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, give Mike Hart and Mike mcdonald all of them however much money they want to stay (laughs) because that is is incredible. And and you know that's another thing that made the season so special is just every year there is a lot of hype around the Michigan football team, and then if the expectations. Aren't met if they don't beat Ohio State if they don't make the playoff. You know everybody, um, you know, shits on Michigan a little bit and right. And and this year there weren't any expectations. The expectations were seven and five, and and this is the year that a lot of people were really starting to lose faith, and and it was the year that Ohio State. Oh my god! The amount
0: and the championship is won. Scotty, the amount of just, like, I felt like stupid Twitter exchanges in December that I was forced to get into. (laughs) It was, oh, my God, it was exhausting at times. I remember literally just saying one time that, look, I didn't even offer an opinion on it. Was that all signs point to Jim Harbaugh being back, you know, as the Michigan head coach next year? I remember like two people hopped in my mentions just arguing with me that there was no way Jim Harbaugh was, was going to be back and yada, yada, yada. And then obviously you have all the Matt Campbell fanfare out there. I mean, you talk about two guys that had seasons this year that were exact opposites of what they were supposed to do, you know, according to the fans, just absolutely crazy how one year can change the narrative.
1: I know, dude. I'm so thankful that Michigan hung on to Harbaugh and gave him this extra year. Um, but yeah, dude, Twitter Twitter can be Twitter can be a terrible place sometimes. I mean, <laughs> usually, usually after Michigan plays and and loses, I I don't go on for a few days. Yeah, it's just it's, I don't
0: want to see the stuff on there. It just makes me mad. For sure. And that's the thing. You, for, for anyone listening out there, man, don't get involved with the rival fan bases, it's you know, that are that are that are talking like, oh my God, what happened? You know, whatever you, the bowl yeah. record or whatever, just don't do it, man. Enjoy the fact that this team went twelve and two throughout the season, twelve and one in the regular season, plus a Big Ten championship game, was Big Ten champions for the first time since two thousand three. Like, let yourself just enjoy that, man. Don't get sucked into all that other crap. Because look, we've been there, Michigan fans. Where does it come from? Ultimately, it comes from a place of jealousy, yes. you know, and we have been guilty of that in this fan base of, of trying to troll the other teams that have had success because at the end of the day, misery loves company. We like to knock everyone down a peg. But at the end of the day, it comes from a place of jealousy. It does. Just don't let yourself get involved in that, man. Just enjoy what the season wants here this year.
1: Exactly. I don't don't listen to anybody saying, oh, Michigan's back to the same old Michigan and Harbaugh can't win big games just because they lost to a Georgia team that is absolutely stacked. Like Michigan just won three huge games in the last month of their season at Penn State, Ohio State, and
0: Iowa. So don't don't listen to it. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Enjoy what it was and look forward to the future because at the end of the day, the future feels bright, man.
1: It does. It really does. I, I Like I said, man, I couldn't be more excited for, for the 2022 Michigan football season.
0: And, and it just – it feels like the whole program – like, this was the type of year that turns the program around, right? Like, yeah. just the attitude, especially with the young guys. Like, you had a lot of contributing true freshmen this year. Mm-hmm. Like, and probably an abnormal about for a, a team that went a Power 5 Conference Championship. Like yeah. – J.J. obviously didn't get a majority of the reps at quarterback, but he got a lot of tick for a, a back, a quote unquote, backup quarterback as right. a true freshman. Yeah. Obviously, Donovan Edwards down the stretch of the season. Andre Anthony's emergence. And then Junior Colson, you know, yeah. was was crazy uh, here this year as a true freshman. So you got a lot of contributing yeah. very young guys and a lot of contributing returning guys, especially up front. You have an All-American center transferring in mm-hmm. like. The future is just is just crazy bright, and what it all comes down to is the attitude within the program, the willing to outwork your opponents, mm-hmm. and I feel like that got instilled a little more 100%. this year than it had been in the years past.
1: Oh, yeah. The culture change this year is, is one of them. I mean, the culture during last season was just bad. You could see it, especially in the Penn State game, um, when Harbaugh was having to, like, tell players to cheer when when there was a big yeah. play. I mean it was bad, but I think you know Aiden Hutchinson, you know, that was one of his goals. He wanted to change the culture here and he definitely did. Um and, and also another bright spot, I'm guessing you saw this yesterday, uh Michigan commit, uh Derek Moore, uh MVP yeah. of the under armor game. Yep. Um and he's an edge rusher too. So, you know, losing Aiden Hutchinson and O'Jabo, but you know, now Michigan's going to reload, you know. It's winning these these big games against Ohio State and Big Ten Championship. That's how you get recruits.
0: So, Lewis Blake just said the worst part is having to wait nine months until our next game. And, again, the difference a year can make and the difference winning can make because I'm going to be honest with you, man. The apathy that I had this offseason and this summer – I had never felt anything like it going into a Michigan football season. Never, ever in my life was I just indifferent Mm -hmm. about an upcoming Michigan football season. And now this is going to be, you know, like Lewis just said, it's going to be an incredibly long nine months until they tee it up on Labor Day weekend.
1: Yeah. That last offseason, I was like – all right, we didn't have to lose to Ohio State this year. Like, yeah. I'm honestly going to enjoy right. this time off. But, yeah, I can't wait until, until that first game. Um, and also I will note um, the schedule uh, that, that T. White brought up earlier, the at MSU and at um, Indiana. So Indiana is actually on the road, and Michigan State will be at home. But the yeah, schedule I was say, that
0: would be weird if, yeah if the schedule to
1: online is like a little is a little incorrect, um but yeah it is it is a really really weird
0: schedule next year, yeah, it's four away games, man, that's absolutely crazy,
1: yeah, and just one in September and October,
0: but at saying. Iowa,
1: if it's Kinnick at night, you know oh you yeah, then you, then
0: you know you're in for a battle yeah weird, <laughs> weird things happen in that stadium at night, man exactly. Oh man! Well, any uh, final thoughts here on on Team One Forty Two in the in the season that was?
1: Um, I mean, I just could not like this is this has been the funnest, the most fun Michigan football season that yeah. I've ever been a part of. And getting to to cover this team, getting to go over to Beckler Hall three days a week um, for the press conferences, getting to to cover the team at the stadium. I mean, that made it so much better. It was just such an incredible season. Um, and I yeah I can't wait for next year and, and to do it all again.
0: Yeah, and I'm definitely gonna always look back at this one. Finally, it's always gonna oh, have yeah. a special place in my heart, and, and just the yeah. amount of fun uh, that the year was. It was it was incredible. Uh, huge hats off to Team 142. You know, obviously looking forward to the future, but I'm glad that I kind of lived in the moment mm-hmm. this season more so than anything. You know, it took a game by game. And, definitely. you know, as a as a fan, like I don't I don't get you can look ahead or whatever. You don't have an impact on the game, you know, but for me just mentally to do it, I, I think made it a little more fun. Not just like the doom and gloom looking ahead to Ohio State yeah. at the end of the year, you know, just to be able to take it game by game and enjoy every game that they played, man. That was that that made it a little extra special. here
1: this year. It definitely did. Like I didn't even it didn't even hit me really that the season was coming to an end until like yeah. the game was over. I was writing up social media reaction. And I was like, oh my God, like that was the last game. Like, yeah, taking it, taking it game by game, not stressing about Thanksgiving weekend is
0: definitely the way to go. Well, searching gears here a little bit. Uh, we have officially entered some weird part of the simulation where the Twitter hypotheticals, and seemed to have come true. Would you trade a Michigan football win over Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship? for the men's basketball team to potentially miss the tournament here this year because that is where we are sitting as we hit more Big Ten play uh, beginning tomorrow night as we record on Monday or if you're listening on Tuesday. uh, Tonight as Michigan visits the rack and Rutgers, bad loss to UCF in their last outing. They were up at halftime, and then the defense just absolutely fell apart. I know UCF went, what, like 8-for-8 from deep in in that second half? They did. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, like you come in as a top five team, you come in with all these expectations, some good returning players, the number one yeah. recruiting class in the country. Like it, it's either going to start to come together or it's not like yeah. this is going to this is not one of those things where they can really afford anymore at this point. Owen four and quad one wins. I think they rank 43rd in net rankings right now you really can't afford to, to still be trying to gel and glue together. Like you got to start winning games or you're going to be maybe playing in the NIT if you're lucky at this point.
1: Right. You know, it, it's a hundred percent now or never. Um, and yeah, it's, it's concerning the way they look. And, you know, we're talking about uh, the football schedule next year, while the basketball schedule for the month of January is the
0: complete opposite. It's disgustingly it's stupid. Scary.
1: It is scary. I'm looking at that and, I don't know where the wins will come. The way that they've played so far, Northwest, right? Northwestern at home, maybe, but Northwestern just just almost beat Michigan State, and they've actually Northwesterns look pretty good this year. Um, I mean, the Big Ten is just such a, a good basketball conference, and and yeah, I mean, there's Michigan, there's at Rutgers, then Michigan State, then Purdue, Illinois, Indiana. It, like, look no at those break. just
0: those four to begin. Yeah, you're at the rack. Home to state, home to Purdue, on the road to Illinois. That is a, just brutal. Like, you're, you are staring, if you play the way you have been as of late, you are staring one and five to start Big Dead play right in the face.
1: Yeah, and that that just can't happen. Um, so I, I hope, and that's the thing. I mean, they, they've shown these flashes of looking like, I mean, they're up 12 in the second half against UCF. And I'm right. thinking, all right, you know, they're starting to gel now. Um, the San Diego State game and and Nebraska games. I'm thinking, all right, they're starting to gel now, and they kind of shift back into this right um, into this territory, and it just it, they need more. It just needs to be more consistent.
0: And defensively, like you, you think of last year, that was kind of the bread and butter. They played yeah. very hard defensively. They have all the pieces to do that on this team and I do wonder what it is. I think Eli Brooks, you know, a while back kind of alluded to it talking about it's not high school basketball. This is a physical. You got to play physical defense. Maybe it's a men- mentality thing with this team that they're just not quite there. The young gu- young guys are just not quite there mentally to play yeah. defense consistently at this level. Yeah, cuz
1: I mean, you see it with real some bad fouls, um some bad turnovers. It's just mm-hmm. like some undisciplined play. Which is very un- uncharacteristic of, of uh, the past Juwan Howard teams, um, right? But you know, I, I keep telling myself the talent is definitely there, um, and and when Michigan, I think when they play at their at their best, they'll be extremely difficult to beat. Um, but it's just finding finding that and, and being able to consistently play, um, and that just hasn't happened yet, and it's, it's it is concerning.
0: The fact that they shot forty percent from the line, making eleven or uh, outside, making eleven threes, and shooting ten of thirteen from the line, and lost by fourteen yeah. is majorly concerning, man. Yeah. I like you think yeah. when they like when they shoot twenty percent from three, they're gonna lose. Mm-hmm. This team shooting forty percent from three should beat Central Florida. Yes. At least, like, not how are you? How are you beating the top tier teams in the Big Ten if you are losing by fourteen to UCF when you're shooting forty percent from three and seventy seven percent from the from the charity strike?
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta credit the UCF shooters for for making every three that they right, had. yeah. But also, they there were some der- terribly blown defensive plays that led to some wide open threes that just shouldn't have happened, you know.
0: Well, here's – this is interesting. So, T. White says they've had flashes. The talent is there. Jawan will get it together. Sense of urgency doesn't seem to be there. And that is – so, that's the issue is the last two sentences of that statement. Yeah. Because you no longer – like, if you want to make the NCAA tournament at this point, given what Michigan is, seven and five with zero quad one wins right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a sense of urgency, you don't have time to get it together at a certain point, especially with the start of January coming up. Yeah. It's now – I really feel like it's now or never for this team. Unless they make a crazy push at the end, make a run of the Big Ten tournament. It's now – these next four games – It's huge. – are going to go so far in determining the fate of this team.
1: And it is huge that Michigan State and Purdue are at home. Michigan's got the maze out going on Saturday – that should be a real good close game. I expect it to be. Um, like
0: maybe – so here is maybe a bit of a silver lining. Purdue hasn't been playing as well. Yeah. Uh, right now at the time of this recording, it's currently halftime. Wisconsin's up 29-24 at Purdue here. And Wisconsin's a very formidable opponent. They've been playing yeah. much better basketball than, than Michigan has this year, though. Mm-hmm. As of late, that could be questioned. They went to overtime with Illinois State. I think they beat Nichols State yeah. by like three, got ran yeah. of the court by Ohio State. So they've been, as of late, kind of playing similar basketball. And that's the thing about the Big Ten. Anybody can beat anybody. But we just talked about it, Scotty, man. If the defense doesn't get short, you know, if it doesn't shore up, they're not going to be able to beat anybody. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing. Like you said, anyone can beat anybody. And college college sports and especially college basketball are just so weird with, you know, I mean, Ohio State almost lost to Nebraska yesterday. And then Michigan, when they go to Nebraska – wins by 30 it's it is a weird game but the sense of urgency definitely needs to be there right now because the good thing about the seven and five start is that really those non-conference games don't matter that much um you know the big 10 play if michigan gets it together right now and gets it together for big 10 play they're going to be fine um but like you said it's these next four games um and if they if if they struggle to start it's just going to snowball And um, Michigan could very well not only miss the NCAA tournament, but like you said, miss the NIT, which I don't think we would be discussing here in January.
0: No, no. And obviously they have time to turn it around, but it all starts literally this week. And depending on when you're listening, if you're with us right now live, it starts tomorrow. If you're listening on Tuesday on the podcast, it starts tonight because you've got to go into the rack and probably come away with a win. Get going into the rack and coming away with a victory over Rutgers on the road. Maybe gives this team a little momentum. You got a very good Michigan State team coming to town. A very good Purdue team coming to town. It, it's just, it's brutal. At the end of the day, you have to get it started right now. And quite honestly, Scotty, I don't have a ton of foot confidence as it stands right now. I don't care about the recruiting rankings, whatever. A lot of the times, this team hasn't complemented each other. You know, you, you got a guy like Ant Wright talking about it all the time. Yeah. You know, they're playing three power forwards out there. You know, Brandon Johns, yeah. Musa, and you know sometimes Terrence Williams out there all together. I mean, Musa and Dickinson uh, are out there with Johns, I, I believe. At times, I could be wrong on that one, but uh, even when Musa and Dickinson are out there, yeah, at times together, man, the, the ball stops It's stagnant. There's not great spacing. Yeah. It's it's tough basketball to watch at times.
1: It is. And it's it's weird like watching granted it was against Buffalo, but I mean Buffalo is a, is a good Mac team, but after that first game Michigan looked I thought they looked really good in that game. Um so I it it has been very inconsistent and I I I am not that confident either. I mean, going off of the way that Michigan has been playing, um there's really nothing that's telling me that they're going to go into the rack tomorrow night and come away with a victory.
0: And also, what am I missing? Michigan is favored by four in that game tomorrow. I I don't understand. The,
1: it's the it's the it's the Michigan of last year that that people keep expecting the, to come out right. Yeah. You know, if if Michigan if there was no season last year or if Michigan wasn't good last year, there's absolutely no way that the line would be like that.
0: It's I I'm I'm a little perplexed by it to be quite honest with you, but we'll see. I'm we gonna be honest. I might bet on win. Rutgers. Yeah, uh, I mean that money line looks gonna be looking like good value. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's a win-win. You know, if I lose, yeah, yeah, gonna be uh, gonna be a tough two weeks to begin uh, January for Michigan. We'll see if they can turn it around. And uh, we'll definitely have our answers uh, by January 15th on what this team uh, is yeah. going to be looking like after this four-game stretch. So. 100%. Uh, but that's about uh, that's about going to wrap it up for us here tonight. Uh, Scotty, where can we find you on social media, my man?
1: Uh, you guys can give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, username at White underscore. Uh, football season's done, but I will still be covering the basketball team this year. All my stuff will be up on there. Uh, so you guys can give me a follow on Twitter.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Luke L U K E G H I A R D I. Big thanks to those who are here tonight on the Maze Brew YouTube page, uh, offering their comments. Love you guys, man, and appreciate the discussions that we've had all football season. Uh, already looking forward to that next year. And Well, make sure to subscribe. Give us a thumbs up as well. Hit that like button on the YouTube page. For those of you listening on the podcast, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Love the feedback as well. So for Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardi, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.